Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me to Isaiah, verse 9, or chapter 9, that is. Hallelujah. Chapter 9 and verse 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then we're, hold your finger there and then turn over with me to Luke, the second chapter. And, hold, and then we'll hold your finger there. Then we'll go back to Isaiah. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth forevermore. Now go with me to Luke chapter 2 verses 8. Hallelujah. We'll start in verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward man. So tonight we're talking about Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. And here over in Isaiah we find the promise of peace that was to come. You know, God had, had already laid out the plan of redemption. He had already laid all those things in, in place. The, the prophets were, were giving prophecies about, about the coming of the Messiah and what would happen and all this. And, and one of the names for Jesus that's listed here is the Prince of Peace. Uh, you know, the Old Testament, there's a lot to be said about peace. You go into Psalms, go into Proverbs, you can find all kinds of scriptures talking about peace. And, and yet, in the Old Testament, they didn't have an understanding of the kind of peace that Jesus would bring as the Prince of Peace. You know, you can read scriptures like Psalm 85, verse 8, He will speak peace to His people. Psalm 119, 165, great peace have they which love thy law. Proverbs 3, 17 says all her paths are peace, talking about wisdom. Isaiah 55, verse 12 says they will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And thank God those are scriptures we can still use today. Those are still promises that are made good to us today. But Jesus came as the prince of peace. That's what God sent. That's part of what he sent him here to do. Um, and when you go to Luke 8, or chapter 2, verses 8, and you, and you wind up down there in, in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, 
goodwill toward men. These are scriptures that we see on Christmas cards every single year. And yet people don't really understand what that kind of peace is all about. It is not the kind of peace that people often think of. It is not political peace. It is not the the atmosphere where there is nobody fighting against somebody else, that there is peace between nations and peace between people. and and It's a a totally different kind of peace. You know, we, we get to the place sometimes where it just seems so... I don't know what the good word, a good word for it is. It just seems so, I don't know. It's, it's not real genuine. You know, we talk, oh, let there be peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Well, there's only one peace on this earth, and that is because of Jesus. There is never, I hate to burst somebody's bubble, there will never be peace on this earth between all men until we find ourselves in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. There will never, there will never be peace. You think, well, that's a sad thing to say. Yeah, it is a sad thing to say. And the reason is because not all men know Jesus. Not all men have Jesus in their heart. You know, I, a number of years ago, I was watching, I don't know if it was Miss Universe or, or Miss America. May, I think maybe it was Miss Universe pageant. And, of course, you know, they have these, these the finalists, you know, have, they come up and they ask them these questions. And they're all usually so ridiculous, you know. And this one girl was asked this night, you know, about what, if she could have anything she wanted, what would she, what would she want? It was kind of like Jenny in the bottle, I guess. I don't know. Get your three wishes. And, uh, and she said, peace on earth. And I thought, oh, you're just so gullible and so naive. You know, it sounds pretty, but it's not realistic. There, like I said, there will never be peace on this earth, naturally speaking, until Jesus is in charge of the entire earth. Only then will there be peace actually on earth. Um, You know, people are desperate for peace. They really are. If you talk to people, I mean, and you kind of stripped away all the things that they'd like or desire, with, and then you come right down to what's, what's happening on the inside of them. People are, you can, you can tell from what's going on in our society. People, there are so many drugs that are out there. There are so many people who are looking to find some kind of relief from this life. They're looking for peace. People are confused, they're fearful, they're hurting, they're desperate for some sense of just uh, relief from this life. Domestically, people are fearful, divided, abused. I mean, we all know people, you know, who who live in, in situations that are dysfunctional. I mean, that's, that's a big word, but, you know, it encompasses a lot of things. You know, it could be verbal abuse. It could be physical abuse. It could be sexual abuse. There are all kinds of, of, of places that people find themselves in where they, they just want a, a place to go where they're just, all that other stuff is gone. It's a place of peace that they're looking for. 
And we see right now just internationally and nationally the kind of, of thing that is happening repeatedly between nations, between ethnic groups. You know, everywhere people are divided and fighting against one another. They're looking for something. And, and they, they, they think they have to have a, some kind of a concession, you know, from another group to have any peace. And they have to have this and they have to have that. That's not what they're looking for. They don't know what it is they're looking for. But you and I know what the real peace is that they need. You know, the peace that God gave us came at a great price. And in Isaiah, you know the verse, 53 verse 5. It says, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. You know, and so many times I've looked at that, you know, and I, I've thought, you know, the times when my mind is just in turmoil and life seems to be in turmoil, I, I look, I go back and I look, and it's true. I have been redeemed from those things because of the, the price he paid. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and yet it involves so much more. That word peace is shalom, and do you know that word means um, peace? Blessing, prosperity, long life. It encompasses so much more than just peace of mind. But thank God it includes peace of mind. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind, a peaceful mind. And, and he paid a price for that. You know, kind of, you know, just kind of a little side thought here. You know, if you're, if you're a Star Trek fan, you know, Spock always did the, as doing all that. And that really is a Jewish thing. It means live long and prosper. You know, the Jewish people understood, you know, peace. Everywhere they went, shalom. You know, that was their greeting. And today, you know, it, it, it would seem silly for us to go around and say peace when, when we talk to somebody. It doesn't fit in our society. And yet God wants us to enjoy peace. If you go through the New Testament, almost every one of Paul's epistles starts and ends with grace and peace be unto you. You know, you see that all, because peace is an important part of our lives. Um, and yet, I want you to go with me to Romans 5. The most important type of peace that there is is the peace that you and I have with God. Jesus paid for that on the cross. In Romans 5 and verse 1, it says, Therefore, by being justified or made righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now turn the page and go with me to verses 8 through 10. But God commended or demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified or made righteous by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, and that's what we were, we were enemies to God. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. 
And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement or reconciliation. You know, it's just through Jesus that we've been reconciled to God. You know, the very fact that we were sinners and God is a righteous God made us, our, made us enemies with him. And yet he never intended, us, intended for us to stay enemies. He had a plan set in motion from the very beginning so that he could reconcile us to himself through Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 2.5. Hallelujah. First Timothy, there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. Now go with me to Second Corinthians. Hallelujah. Chapter 5. Let's start in verse 18. Well, you know, you can't start here because you've got to go to 17 first. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things, what things? All those new things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. He has reconciled us to himself through Jesus. That great peace that we sought for before we knew Jesus is now ours because Jesus has, has been the author. He's been the mediator. He's been the conduit of the peace that brought us back into fellowship and relationship with God our Father. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? That's the kind of peace that we're after. Go with me now to Ephesians 2. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chapter 2, verses 14 through 15. Talking about Jesus. Well, let's start in verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, or in union with Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who has both made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the hostility or enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make or create in himself of two, one new man, so making peace. Do you know what Jesus really did when he came? When he became the mediator of our peace, when he became our peace, he broke down that wall. He broke it down. And in breaking it down, at the time there was only two kinds of men in the world. There was Jew and Gentile. And really, there's still only two. Now, there's just born again and not born again. The people of God and the people who are not of God. 
It has nothing to do with what nationality you are, what race you are, what what sex you are. It doesn't matter any. There are two kinds of men, the saved and the unsaved. I'm going to read this to you out of the Amplified, the Amplified Classic. It said, For he is himself our peace, our bond of unity and harmony. He has made us both, Jew and Gentile, one body, and has broken down, destroyed, abolished the hostile dividing wall between us by abolishing in his own crucified flesh the enmity caused by the law with its decrees and ordinances which he annulled, that he might from the two might create in himself one new man, one new quality of humanity out of the two, so making peace." Let me, let me just pull up this. I pulled out my 26 translations, and I thought, well, that's too much to write down. So we'll just have to just bring the, the whole thing out here. Hallelujah. Um, for he is our peace. Um, other translation says he is our bond of peace. For Christ is our living peace. Isn't it nice to know he's our living peace? He's not stale. He's not ordinary. He's not He's not dead. He's not decayed. He's our living peace. Our living peace every single day. He's our living peace. He's made both one. He's made, one of the translations of that say he has made the two divisions of mankind one. Weymouth says he has made Jew and Gentile one. Knox says he's made the two nations one. Uh, The Phillips translation said, He has made a unity of the conflicting elements of Jew and Gentile. And the NASB says he's made both groups into one. Next part of that verse. And has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Conneberry says the wall which parted us. Uh, William says the wall which kept us apart. NASB says broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. And the 20th century says broke down the barrier that separated them. You know, there's always been animosity among men. You know, since, since God declared the Jews as his own people, there was, there was animosity between them and everybody else. You know, they could have their, the Philistines and the, all the ites that are in the Bible. They all could have their, their, their differences between one another. But they had a common enemy, and that was the Jew. And, and yet God has brought us together everybody together so that he has broken down the walls that separated us. Hallelujah. Um, Let's see. Um, The next part of that verse says, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. Uh, Conneberry says, for in his flesh he destroyed the ground of our enmity, the law of enacted ordinances. 20th century says, in his human nature he put an end to the cause of enmity between men. The law with its injunctions and ordinances. Uh, William says, through his human nature, he has put a stop to the hostility between us, namely the law with its commands and decrees. Um, And the next part of that says, for in himself to make of two one new man. ASV says that he might create in himself of the two in order to create through, through union with himself from Jew and Gentile one new man. Aren't you glad you're part of that one new man? Hallelujah. His design, says Weymouth, was to unite the two sections of humanity in himself so as to form one new man. And the RSV says, so that he might create in himself one new man in place of two. And the last part of the verse says, so making peace. 
Philip says, thus producing peace. And the 20th century says, and thus make peace. You know, God really is looking at man in such a way, and he's provided such, such an inheritance of peace. He's provided such an avenue of peace so that we don't have to look any further. We don't have to look at each other in anything differently than as God sees, one of, each, uh, sees each one of us. That's obviously not going to happen while we're still here because not everybody is going to receive Jesus. And yet, even in spite of that, you and I as new creatures, the fact that we've been made this new form of humanity puts us in a position of being able to be ministers of reconciliation of that peace to everyone that we encounter. To help them become acquainted with the fact that they don't have to have a beef with anybody because of who they are or what they are or where they come from or what they think or what they like or don't like, but that there's one new humanity. And when our focus is on him, then nothing else matters. You know, we see beyond all the ethnicities. We see beyond all the racial barriers. We see beyond the nationalities. We see beyond the gender identity issues. We see beyond all of that stuff. And we see each other the way God sees us. You know, he doesn't see us as Jew or Gentile. He doesn't, and this is Galatians 3.28. He doesn't see us as bond or free. And there are no classes in God. There, there, you know, in, in India, there are still castes, you know, and you have to be in the upper caste. You know, you don't want to be in the lower caste. You're trapped in this kind of thing, you know, in an in a Indian society. There are other countries around the world that have got people into, into different classes. You know, you, know, eat, you know, the enemy is doing his best to divide this country up into classes, the upper class, the middle class, the working class. Listen, I don't care what what your financial strata is, you ought to be the working class. You know, because if a man don't work, a man don't eat, as far as I'm concerned. You know, but, but the enemy is trying, he, he does everything he can to divide us on every level possible. And, and we have seen what it's done to our country. We see what it's doing to the world in general. But it, it saddens me so much to see that what could be, the enemy is doing his best to keep from happening. People just stop looking at all those things and just let it all go. Just let it all go. You know, I, I, I feel the issues, you know, different times, and I go to different places. You know, I, I feel like I'm treated differently because I'm a woman. I, I, I feel like I'm treated differently because of a lot of different things, because I'm older, you know. I mean, let me, let's face it, sometimes that, that, ha, that has good effects. You know, sometimes I go in, some, I always tell pastor when we travel, you know, I'll go get the car when we have to rent a car. He goes, why? I said, because this little sweet southern charm will get us a better car. You know, so sometimes you can use those things to your advantage. <laughs> but really, you, you feel it when you go, go to certain places and certain times. You feel the, the, uh, the way that people look at you as, as being different, and somehow you're not what they're wanting to address. You're not 
the kind of person they're wanting to help. You're not the kind of person they want to, to have to rub shoulders with. As nice as you are, as nice as I am, you still go into places and you feel like, I'm not going to get any help from this person because of what I look like, what I sound like. Listen, when we travel and people go, oh, you're from the South. I'm going, mm-hmm, I am. And about that time, I want to just hush. You know, I had a many, many years ago, uh, early 70s, we took a trip up to, to upstate New York, just decided to get up and go. And, uh, and had no real plans. We just drove until we felt like stopping. So we mount, found, found, ourselves, found ourselves up in upstate New York. And I remember we had... We had gotten out at a, at a rest stopper, I think it was one morning, about 7.30 or so, and had, had gone in, and Steve was just a baby, and I'm less than two. Anyway, I went in, and I don't know, I was talking to him, or, or I don't know what I was doing. Anyway, and this lady kept following me around. And I'm going, what's the matter, okay? But, and I finally just kind of stopped and turned around, and she looked at her, and she said, I, w- I just wanted to hear you talk. I, I just I just love hearing you talk. And I'm going, well, don't make me intimidated or anything, you know, by that. But, you know, I am from the South. I can't help it. Now, if you really want me to turn on the Southern accent, I really can. But at least my accent's not from Georgia. <laughs> Some of you might take a few minutes to sink for that to sink in. <laughs> I always go, there's lots of different southern accents. This, well, where are you from, Florida? And I've never heard anybody from Florida talk like that, so you have not met a real Floridian then. You know, but at least I'm not from Georgia, and I'm not from Mississippi. I'm not from Alabama. You know, they all sound different than this, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, there are, there are times when somebody, you will find yourself in places where you, were, where you will feel like you are being slighted because of who you are and what you are. But God intends for us to be one person, one with him, one kind of new humanity. And let all the other things, all the, the things that make us, they're not differences, they're unique qualities. You know, we need to stop looking at them as, as bad things, but looking at them as this is how God uniquely made me. And you, when you see somebody else who looks different from you or sounds different from you, you look at them as somebody uniquely created by the Father God who has worth and value and, and are to be, and to be respected and honored. If everybody had that attitude, there'd be more peace on earth. But, you know, even when you try to do that on a natural level, natural peace will not last. And God intended for us, for, for us to enter into a place of peace that is eternal, that cannot be taken from us, that cannot be, be uh, diluted by anything else. That's where he wants us to live. That's where he wants us to stay. John 16.33, go with me over there. Jesus was trying his best to tell the disciples about this peace when he was here. 
And I doubt seriously they understood what he was saying. In verse 33 here of chapter 16, it says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now back up to John 14, verse 27. Well, let's go, let's go to verse 26. I like the lead in here. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost who reminds us of these things? And then in verse 27 it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Can you imagine the disciples looking at him and going, you're going to leave us peace, okay? How are you going to do that? What, what, what does that mean? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see what you're talking about. They were living in a time under Roman rule where there was very little peace. And he's going, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. See, the world can give you an element of peace. Oh, things are going well, you know, my life is good, the job's going fine, you know, I, you know, got a decent home life, you know, finances are, you know, they're, they're, they're good. You know, there's an element of peace, but that is all subject to change in a heartbeat. It is all subject to change. But Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And how did that happen? How was he going to leave his peace with us? I'm glad you asked. Go to Galatians. Galatians 5. Here we go. We, we love this verse, don't we? Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, the recreated human spirit is love, joy, and peace. The peace of God has been imparted to us on the inside of us as part of that recreated human spirit. That spirit man on the inside, that spirit man on the inside has had a deposit of peace. Whose peace? Well, what did Jesus say? My peace I give you. My peace I leave with you. That's the peace that comes in as a part of that recreated spirit. When we get born again, that peace that's come to reside on the inside, to stay. And, you know, anytime you need peace, all you got to do is look to the inside. Look to the inside of what he's deposited on the inside of you and see that that peace can rise up and take care of every situation, give you a different perspective on every situation you encounter. In Philippians 4, these are not things you don't know. But I just want you to see it maybe in a different light tonight. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, the peace that's already on the inside of you, the peace of God that's already ready to help you, the peace of God that's already ready to, to 
burst forth and to bubble up out of that inner spirit man that you have and walk you through everything. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Mm. You know, Jesus never said our lives would be untouched by trouble. Never said we'd be untouched by calamities and, and things that would come our way that would, that would trouble us. Never said that. But what he said was, my peace I leave with you. You don't have to be troubled. You don't have to be troubled. And it's up to us to understand that he is the prince of peace. The prince of peace was a promise made to humanity. And the prince of peace showed up when he was born in that manger, embodied in a little baby. But he came so that he might go to a cross and die for us. The chastisement of our peace would be upon him on that cross. And when he would leave this earth to go back to heaven and the Holy Spirit would come and we would just receive him into our hearts as Lord and Savior, with it came so much. There's such a huge package of benefits that he provided for us by his, his work on the cross. And when he ascended into heaven and he finalized the deal, the Prince of Peace is with us all the time. Because the Prince of Peace brought us the peace that originates with God the Father. And the Holy Spirit puts it on the inside of us. And it, you know, you, you can... It's on the inside, and yet you can let it just encompass you. At any time there's trouble, any time there is disquiet in your life, any time there's anxiety, any time there's worry, any time there's any kind of fretting, you can just let that peace of God just envelop you because it's part of you. Realize that it's part of you. You know, and, and we may see opportunities in the days ahead, you know, to to have to look to that inward man and, and, to, and to rely on the peace that the Prince of Peace has brought to us. But we need to practice it. We need to practice recognizing it and, and relying on it and pulling it up out of our innermost being and saying, I'm not going to be troubled. This world is not going to trouble me. You know, this life is not going to trouble me. This circumstance is not going to trouble me because the greater one lives on the inside of me. The one who paid the price for the chastisement of my peace, he's brought it to me. The price has been paid. I don't need to keep paying it. You know, that's, that's what worry and anxiety is all about, is you paying the price for peace. And there is nothing you can do to change it by worrying. Whatever the circumstances, there's nothing you can do to change it by worrying. There are times, you know, when, you, you, you know, your family, there may be issues in your family and, and you're just rock solid. You know, I'm going to stay in peace. I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going to be pulled over into that world of fretting and worry and anxiety. I'm not going to, and your family will look at you like you are, you're just one uncaring person, aren't you? I've, I've, you know, my mom used to say that to me when I'd say, Mom, I'm not going to worry. She's, well, now, don't you worry. I said, I'm not about to worry about it. It's not my problem. And see, when we start looking things at things that are just, it's not my problem. 
well, you, but it is, you, you have this to deal with, you have this to, you've got to deal with this. Yeah, but it's not my problem. You don't understand. It's not my problem. Jesus has already put everything on the inside of me that I need to deal with this situation. I am more than able to do whatever is necessary. I can overcome because he's made me an overcomer. God always leads me in victory. And so I don't need to worry about this. I don't need to lose sleep over this. The Prince of Peace has come. And, you know, it's just this time of year. You know, we, we look at these cards that come our way. The Prince of Peace and uh, Peace on Earth, Goodwill Toward Me. And, and we need to see this as not just some kind of frivolous thing, just some kind of thing we're just talking about, but it's something that's vital to our lives. Vital to our lives. And God knew it was going to be vital to our lives. And he provided for us all the peace we're ever going to need. Hallelujah. Just by, just by relying on it and accessing it. Hallelujah. There is no circumstance that comes your way or will ever come your way that peace cannot be present in. No situation. It may be hard for you at, at, at one point to kind of feel your way through the cloud and through the, all the, the fog, you know, of what the situation might bring. But I'm telling you what, peace is right there in the middle of it. Peace. Peace. God intends for you to live in peace. He intends for you to enjoy that peace. You know, there is, there is nothing he wants you to be anxious or fret, or worry over. The economy, the job situation, home situation, nothing. A body situation. He wants you to be at perfect peace. Because peace has been paid for by the the Savior on the cross. And been given to us. Can you imagine? That, That peace that Jesus paid for has been deposited on the inside of you. It's resident on the inside of you. You don't have to go looking for it out here. Just look on here. Just look in here. Look on the inside and just see, ah, yeah, yeah, I can relax. You know, and know that what you have, people are looking for. There are people who who are desperately seeking the kind of peace that resides on the inside of you. They're desperately seeking it. You know, and this is the time of year where, you know, it may be on Christmas cards, but you have many opportunities when you see people stressed and worried and fretting about how they're going to buy Christmas, how they're going to do this, how they're going to... You know, you have an opportunity to share with them what God has put on the inside of you. The greatest gift you can give somebody is to share with them the things that God has given you and how it's changed your life. In the middle of all, I mean, so many of us have had circumstances and times. You know, there was, you know, I've, I've, I've been, you know, just an example of it, you know, after, after I had cancer oh, 20 years ago, uh, you know, had a couple of opportunities after that for something that something had come up, you know, that, that looked like it, it could possibly it just might be. We have to investigate. It might be, you know, it's, that it's come back. And, and, you know, I learned real quickly that, number one, 
I had followed God and what I had done to, to combat it to start with. Number two is there wasn't any reason for me to spend my time, waste, waste my time worrying over it. Because no matter if it was or if it wasn't, it's a waste of my time to worry and to fret over those things. It is a waste of your time and your energy, and the devil is using it as a distraction to pull you away from you looking on the inside where you need to be looking and referring to the scriptures, going back to them, and building yourself up in those areas. He's trying to distract you from doing it, but it's a waste of your time. And I found myself going, well, you know, all right, we'll go get this checked out, but in the meantime, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. You know, you have to get to that place. But you have, to, you have to get so built up in the fact that what Jesus has done for you that when situations arise, you immediately don't think of the worst thing, but you go, I ain't worried about it. I'm not, I'm not going down that trail that the enemy wants to you know, spread out the breadcrumbs for me to follow. I'm not going to do it because the peace of God resides on this. Go back to Philippians real quick. Philippians 4. Hallelujah. I want you just to understand the Prince of Peace has come. Hallelujah. And there is peace on earth, but it's, it's the peace that is inside us. That's the peace that came to earth. It's the peace that came with knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. And he has made it so that, no, verse 6, be careful for nothing. Don't worry, don't fret, don't have any anxiety about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Isn't it nice? Thank you, Father. I don't have to be worried about this. I just thank you, Lord, that you have got the answers that I need. You'll show me what to do. I don't have to be concerned about this. There's thanksgiving right there. Let your request be made unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding. How can you explain this kind of peace to somebody? You really can't. They have to experience this for themselves before they understand it. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep or guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I am so thankful for the Prince of Peace. I am so thankful that the angels announced peace on earth. And I am so thankful that peace can reign in my life. And he can reign in yours. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop five, no, ten minutes early. How about that? You have got time to fellowship. How about that? You know, it, it, it's, a simple, it's a simple concept. And yet it means so much to your daily life. It really does. Because the enemy wants to throw his best at you. Meet him with your best. Just meet him with your best. Your best is peace. Amen. How, the peace of God. Not your peace, not something that you can manufacture, but the genuine peace of the Almighty. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. 
If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.